This is the Canadian Taxpayers Federation podcast, where we are dedicated to fighting for lower taxes, less waste and accountable government. I'm Chris Sims. I'm the Alberta director holding down the fort here in Lethbridge, Alberta. My friend and colleague Franco Terrazano is stationed in Mordor. Um, Franco, your your goblins are back in town this week. Uh, But first, for folks who are looking at this saying, what, where's the bow tie? We're putting the bow ties away. I'm sticking this calculator up on the shelf. Uh, this is kind of a soft relaunch of the podcast. We're going to be a little bit more loosey-goosey, hopefully not getting each other in trouble, but we're going to talk about stuff a little bit more fluidly. Uh, and usually on Parliament Hill especially, there's plenty to talk about that's taxpayer stuff, and this week's no different. Um, so for this week, it's me and Franco. You're stuck with us. Uh, but next sorry. week and the weeks after, sorry, right? So you have to listen to us. But uh, in the coming episodes, you'll be hearing from our other colleagues. When there's somebody doing something spectacular or dumb or funny, we'll probably try to pull them in for an interview, uh, all that sort of stuff. So for this week, though, Franco, um, <laughs> so I woke up this week. I rolled over and looked at my phone and it was blowing up like it was Red Dawn, but instead of the Soviets landing in the backyard, it was Catherine Tate is coming to committee. Like, so the head of CBC was at committee. Walk us through that. Why was she there? What was your major takeaway from this thing? Yeah, I mean, president and CEO of the CBC, Catherine Tate at committee. Why? Well, just weeks before Christmas, she announced hundreds of layoffs, weeks before Christmas. Um, That came on the heels of the Canadian Taxpayers Federation releasing a whole bunch of access to information requests of all the bonuses being paid for at the CBC with your money. Okay, so she was just at committee. Now, we watched the full two hours of the back and forth between her and the members of parliament, so you didn't have to. And, you know, we'll dive into it, but here's the three main takeaways for you taxpayers out there. So, number one. The CBC handed out 16 million smackers in taxpayer-funded bonuses in 2022. They've handed out 99 million bucks <laughs> in bonuses since 2015. You know, it's just hard to say that out loud with my mouth. Um, the uh, the second takeaway here is that uh, Tate gave every indication that the gravy train will keep on rolling. The bonuses will keep on flowing to in- executives including herself. And the third main takeaway is that you had liberal MPs and DP MPs and block MPs that voted against a motion to force the CBC to disclose just how much bonuses they're paying out for 2023. Longtime viewer of committee. I can't remember if ever the CEO of the CBC was one dragged in front of the committee Two, treated with such disdain (laughs) and grilled with such impertinent questions. It was really a sight to behold. So my takeaways were similar to yours, uh, but there were a few other ones that stuck out to me. One of my favorite moments was when Tate, who is paid, by the way, between 400 something thousand dollars and close-ish up to 500 something thousand dollars, her performance bonus is like over 20%. It's crazy pants, okay? But she went on to say something to the effect of, well, our payroll is $900 million per year. So in context, the 16 or $14 million in bonuses isn't really that big a deal. So that that was jaw-dropping. And then also to your point where the conservatives were trying to force them to table that data, they were not trying to name and shame and single people out. Like there'd be no names on this data. There's no employee numbers 
They just wanted, you know, the amount and they still voted against it. Yeah, you know, that was actually quite surprising because throughout the whole testimony, uh, you had actual members of parliament for every single party. It wasn't just the Conservative Party, but you had members from all the different parties that were kind of saying the obvious thing in the room, which is uh, what kind of message does it send when you announce hundreds of layoffs? Uh, you beg for more taxpayer cash on top of the billion you're getting every single year from us poor taxpayers. And then you're still not willing to end the bonuses. Like what kind of message does that send? And you essentially had MPs from all different parties saying similar types of things. Um, and then when the conservative member of parliament from Lethbridge, uh, Chris, um, Rachel <laughs> <I know>. Thomas, <laughs> she brought forward this motion, right? And the motion was so simple. It was just force the CBC head to come back to committee and just disclose how much in bonuses taxpayers are paying for, for the 2023 year and how many employees are getting a bonus. Right. That's that's pretty simple. Yeah. And, and honestly, too, it's just like basic transparency here. Right. I mean, all of this should have been proactively published in the first place. So when the liberals, NDP and the bloc voted against the motion, I, I was taken aback. You know, I've been watching this for so long. So you would think that none of this surprises me. But that one really caught me off guard. But, now, but Chris, Franco, isn't this all on their website? I mean, come on. <laughs> no. OK, right? so let's go. Let's. I'm glad you brought that up. Right. Because you did have a liberal member of parliament. I, I can't even remember um, his name at the moment. But, but you pay his salary. Came after, <laughs> but I pay salary came after me on Twitter saying, hey, it's all in the end report. Uh, no, it's not actually, folks. So this goes back to another point about the bonuses. The fact that the only reason that Canadians even know about the bonuses is because of CTF supporters and the fact that the Canadian Taxpayers Federation filed the access to information request to get these types of numbers. Now, Chris, uh, let me just backtrack a little bit because okay. Tate, she started her testimony off by stringing together a word salad trying to claim that the CBC doesn't hand out bonuses. OK, she prefers to call them at risk or performance pay. Yeah, she said that. That's how she started her committee appearance. OK, well, first of all, uh, anyone who's not employed by the CBC knows that that are just words to describe a bonus. Yeah. But even more to the point, the CBC itself refers to these as bonuses. Right. When we ask the CBC <laughs> for these documents through access to information requests, they sent it to us. And guess what was right on the paper that CBC gave us? Bonus, 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 bonus. <laughs> yeah, I know. That, that was pretty funny. She started this kind of semantic scrabble game at the beginning of it. And then by the end of it, it was funny. She slipped. She was calling them bonuses by the end of her testimony, too. Another thing quickly that jumped out at me as well is that some members of the committee were grilling her over the, you know, do we even need this bloody thing anyway? Like, why are you getting a bonus? For example, she said that she thinks she deserves a bonus as well as CEO, even though by any reasonable metric, they shouldn't get one because their viewership is in the tank and trust in journalism writ large, including with the CBC for Canadians, is also taking a nosedive. So yeah, they probably were asking, has uh, probably has nothing to do with the buckets of cash the government's giving media outlets. Hey, yes, exactly. What's the big deal? Government's just paying journalists. 
nothing to see here. So what was crazy here is that they're saying, okay, look, your viewership is going like this, okay? And we can measure that because there's independent third parties that do ratings books every single year, every every season, in fact. So there's a way for us to point to numbers. So what she was trying to say is, oh, yes, we know that. De TV is declining everywhere, but you know what? We're making up for it through GEM. What's GEM? GEM is not excitement for 80s kids. GEM is the CBC's online app portal where people can watch streaming services through there. Now, the big question is, okay, well, how many subscribers do you have through GEM? We don't release that data. So here we are where everything that we're able to measure from the outside here, outside the big building in Toronto is, okay, your viewership is in the tank. People aren't watching you. So you're saying they're all going online and all going to gym. Okay, how many? We won't say. So that really jumped out too. You know, I just, yeah, no kidding. Just trust us. Uh, yeah. You know, um, you kind of glossed over this point. So I just want to bring it up again. Okay. Is MP Thomas, again, asked a question very point blank to Tate. And, and, and the MP said, do you think you've hit your performance targets? that would trigger your bonus. She asked this to Tate. Yeah. Tate responded with, absolutely yes. Absolutely yes. You know, I, I actually thought for a second there, she was going to say, I thought she was going to say this, I'm entitled to my entitlements. I thought she was this close <laughs> to know. saying it. Right? I was going to send her a pack of chiclets. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, you mentioned Tate's salary. Yeah, But her compensation annually is actually more than that when you factor in the taxpayer-funded salary, the taxpayer-funded bonus, the taxpayer-funded benefits. The, the, the total compensation for Tate is anywhere between $470,000 all the way up to $620,000. Now, even though you're paying for it, the CBC won't say exactly how much its president, Catherine Tate, makes or what her actual bonus is going to be. So this is even more to the point of the lack of transparency around the CBC. Now, Chris, I'm going to ask you a question here because uh, what did you make of the fact when Tate said or alleged that the CBC is chronically underfunded? What did you make of that? So I had two reactions. One was just as the CTF. Um, we give more than $1.2 billion to the CBC every single year. And tons of that obviously goes into their standing army of people who report for them. And a lot of it also goes into real estate, okay? What I loved, I gotta point this out, because kudos to Blacklocks. Blacklocks reporter, independent investigative journalist website that does not take government money. They dug up the fact that of that $1.2 billion they take every single year, 0.3% goes into indigenous programming, right? So how often do you hear them say, oh, well, if it weren't for the CBC, our indigenous loved ones and friends and neighbors, they would have no programming, nothing. We're vital for them, 0.3%. <laughs> so that was a lot to swallow, hearing her say that. And then also as a longtime journalist who worked in a ton of different media organizations, I gotta say, private media companies that are scrumming next to the CBC always have this kind of side eye because the private media companies are doing six things with one person and the CBC sends at least three for one job. So the very notion that they are chronically underfunded is just really silly. All right, let me do a quick recap for you there, folks, okay. and we'll head on to our next little topic. So. <laughs> 
again, uh, the three takeaways, you're welcome. You are so welcome for watching this two hour back and forth. But the three main takeaways, 16 million smackers in bonuses in 2022, 99 million bucks in bonuses paid out by the CBC since 2015. Uh, the cost of bonuses has doubled since 2015 so <laughs> eat your heart out uh the second one is that tate gave every indication that she'll continue to hand out bonuses to executives including herself and then finally uh you know mp thomas kudos to her for putting forward this motion to force the cbc to disclose how much in bonuses they're giving out for 2023 and uh you know lumps of coal i guess for those <laughs> liberal mps ndp mps and block MPs who voted against that uh, obvious and simple transparency motion for taxpayers. That, that's okay. We'll get it through access to information. We'll just sure have to will. wait. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, we will. Okay. You want to talk about carbon tax? Oh, I sure do. Are we allowed oh. to talk, call it the carbon tax still, or do I need to grab my lipstick? What's going on? <laughs> so folks, uh, you know, Trudeau and his liberal party are uh, falling, plummeting in the polls and you know what they think their problem is? They think their problem is a comms problem. Yep, a lack of good communications. Now, never mind the fact that you have the prime minister, the minister, they can get cameras whenever they want. They have an army of communication staff. They think the problem is that you just don't understand their infinite wisdom around the carbon tax. Right. So what's their solution? Well, it's we've we've seen reports. I think it was first broken by the Toronto Star um, that the Trudeau government is looking at rebranding their carbon tax rebates. Okay, folks. So I look, I don't know uh, what they're going to rebrand it as. Uh, your, your guess is good as me. Folks, if you have some good guesses, send them my way. I'd love to read them on air. You know, maybe they'll call it the uh, save the planet money for everyone rebate. But, you know, that's not going to solve their problem, right? Because <laughs> the real problem is not a lack of communications. The real problem is that their tax hikes, including the carbon tax, is making life more expensive for Canadians. So their problem isn't that Canadians don't know what they're doing. Their <laughs> problem is that Canadians do know what they're doing and don't support it. Yeah. So there are many things here. Uh, one, it's always super insulting when some politician whose overbloated salary you pay uh, insinuates or flat out tells you that you're too stupid to understand this wonderful beneficial tax and this wonderful beneficial rebate. So all we need to do is do a better job of explaining it to you. Um, I had a very similar conversation uh, with a former party leader about this. Of it's not really a tax, it's a fee or a levy. Okay, guys, stop, okay? These are mandatory financial impositions on people in Canada by government decree. They are taxes. Let's set that aside. The rebates, as you and I have been talking about and our entire team at the Taxpayers Federation has been talking about, okay, you don't get more money back from the government than you pay into the government because they're not a magical wealth generating machine that just creates wealth and hands it back to you. So that's silly. Set that aside as well. And the parliamentary budget officer themselves has done the calculations and we're out net hundreds of dollars per year. Now, you, I wanted. I warned you. I was going to talk about this on the podcast earlier this week. So you done the. You you pointed out the calculations of the uh, the parliamentary budget office, and you usually say up to seven hundred and ten or something like that, seven hundred dollars per family this year. So that's an Alberta family. It's an average Alberta family, and that's for this fiscal year, right? Okay. So how does that change in when do you econ kids celebrate New Year's? Is that April? April 1, April 1. So yeah, this year, I mean, first of all, uh, 
I, I, you know, you hate to point out the obvious, but if it waddles like a tax, quacks like a tax, and picks your pocket like a tax, it's a tax, and the carbon yeah. tax, folks, is a tax. So yeah, April 1, uh, we're going to get in this a little bit more, but that's when the carbon tax goes up. So from, you know, the fiscal year 2023-24, which we're in right now till April 1, the carbon tax is costing the average family up to $710 even after factoring in the rebates. Okay, yes. that's from the PBO, the nonpartisan independent budget watchdog. Um, next year, April 1, 2024 through March 35th, 2025 that cost is going to go up to about 911 bucks for the average family um and, and you know what so back to this whole idea of trudeau putting lipstick on his carbon tax pig and thinking that that'll solve his problem you know the problem i think is that the supporters of the carbon tax maybe they can sleep better at night trying to blame the fact that it's poor government communications mm -hmm. rather than just canadians not supporting the policy and the reason that Canadians don't suppose, uh, support the carbon taxes is pretty obvious. Okay, let me give you a couple. Well, number one, the carbon tax makes the necessities of life more expensive. Like, I don't know, driving to work, heating your home, buying groceries. Uh, to your point, obviously, the carbon tax is not revenue neutral, as <laughs> they like the claim, right? Because look, everyone knows that it's impossible for a government to raise a tax, charge its sales tax on top of that tax, skim hundreds of millions of dollars off the top just to administer the tax, <laughs> then, then somehow make Canadians better off with rebates. Yeah. That's crazy. It's magic math. It doesn't happen. And it's like an almost an insult to our intelligence to try to make us believe that. And then, you know, finally, or I got two more points. Okay, folks, hey. stay with me here. <laughs> Um, you know what, like, honestly, if we have an international problem that we're trying to solve, yeah, a carbon tax in Canada won't solve it when the vast majority of countries, including our biggest trading partner and our biggest competitor do not impose a national carbon tax. And finally, 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 the carbon tax is especially harmful in Canada's economy. Yeah. Right. Where it's vast, it's cold, and we're heavily reliant on these beautiful natural resources. Yep. We travel long distances. It gets bloody cold outside. We have to rely on tons and tons of trucking. Right. Like this is just it's how we move stuff. It's how we stay alive, especially in winter. So taxing that vital element of our day-to-day -day lives is obviously going to make your day-to-day -day life more expensive. And it's silly and insulting for the federal government to keep on doing this and then tell you to like it and then tell you that you're just too silly to understand their beneficial rebates. So they're going to call it something else. I can hear some folks right now saying, how dare you call this lipstick on a pig? Okay, number one, that is an old term. It's been used for decades in politics. Number two... Franco said it first. We were talking about it earlier that day. He put out his tweet about lipstick on a pig. And then the conservative leader might have also said something about lipstick on a pig. So that was funny. Third on this, it was actually the former provincial NDP leader of British Columbia, who was later on the finance minister, Carol James, who back then, remember when the NDP used to rail against the carbon tax? And ah, say, the good old days. Axe the tax. <laughs> Right. It is possible, people uh, just, you know, get them, get them in the corner enough. So she used to rail against the carbon tax, too. And during an AGM at the B.C. municipalities, she called the idea of a revenue neutral carbon tax 
lipstick on a pig, which is exactly what this thing is. Okay, so this is for political nerds. This is like the Oscars or the Super Bowl, okay? Uh, it's the World Series because all of the politicians are back in town, right? They're all, they're all on Parliament Hill. They're all figuring out ways to waste your money or hamper your life. What are we expecting for this session? So between now and let's skip over the spring break, maybe, like where, where are you expecting to see come down the pipe? Yeah, there's four things. One, a okay. budget. Get ready for that red ink, folks. Get your mops out. Uh, so we're getting one... a budget this year? Just to check, we are getting a budget this year? Yeah, looks like we're getting a budget, folks. Good for um, Carbon tax increase, April 1. We'll talk more about this in later shows, but carbon tax hike, they're hiking it again, April 1. That's their plan. Also, April 1, alcohol taxes going up. So, hey, if you're going to pour yourself a stiff one, you better do it now. And, <laughs> um, you know, the alcohol tax is going up 4.7%. What's so crazy about this is that if, you know, you go get a pint, you go get that bottle of wine to share with your better half, you go get that, uh, you know, Mickey of rum to pour in that Diet Coke when you had a tough week at work. Well, your purchases at the liquor store, at the bar, uh, already about more than half is tax and the feds are cranking it up again. And then the final thing, on the very same day they take more money out of your pocket, April 1, they're going to be stuffing more dough into their own, okay? Uh, this MP pay raise this year will, will raise from an estimate, uh, go from an estimated 8100 bucks all the way up to an extra $16,200. So uh, we crunch the numbers after this raise that we estimate a backbench member of parliament, along with collecting dust in the House of Commons, will collect a salary uh, just north of $200,000. The ministers will be collecting a salary just shy of $300,000. Folks, uh, can anyone explain to me why Freeland would get a raise when she couldn't balance the budget of a lemonade stand? <laughs> well, look and at housing. That's just taken off like a rock star. Like they're doing a great job there. They, they deserve a bonus for sure. Oh, for sure. For <laughs> sure. And then uh, Trudeau's salary will be uh, a little more than $400,000 after the raise. Oh, and keep in mind, this is just the money that they have. This isn't counting their housing, their food getting covered, their travel getting covered, their drink box, water bottle sort of things. Like all that stuff is covered. So must be nice. All right. So that's a lot to deal with over the spring session. Uh, I think that's a really good idea to, to keep an eye on that stuff. So one of my favorite things I'm looking forward to now when we're kind of doing this rebrand of our podcast is like pro tips, right? So you and I have had different jobs leading up to this, and we've had a lot of fun doing this one, and we're still having a lot of fun doing it. And I think along the way, we've gathered a few tips for people. Did you want to go first? Do you want me no, to go first? No, you go first. Shoot. Okay. <clears throat> so my pro tip, my taxpayer pro tip for this year, this this session, is uh, Calgary Mayor Jody Gondek. Okay. So Calgary Mayor Jody Gondek just stepped in it because her and her city council decided it was a really smart idea to mandatorily make restaurants and businesses charge 15 cents minimum per paper bag and to make people plead and beg, please, sir, may I have another for things like napkins and forks. Yeah. So at mm. the city level. Okay. So pro tip, stay in your lane. You are a mayor of a city. You are not head of the United Nations. You're also not my mom. 
You don't get to say what I eat and how I eat. And further, this is why she's getting this pushback. And it was really funny. Premier Daniel Smith coined something earlier this week. She said, yeah, this kind of overstepped the boundaries. We almost had a mutiny on wing night. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> People begging for napkins. So they're now going to start repealing this. Looks like they're close to killing this bag tax. And please, sir, may I please have another napkin, Mayor Gondek. So pro tip for Mayor Gondek, stick to your stick to your lane. You know, I'm a little bit of a connoisseur when it comes to wing nights, a little bit of an expert. And let me <laughs> tell you, it. folks, <laughs> a, a napkin on wing night is not a nice to have. It's a necessity. OK, let me enjoy my wing night. Come on. <laughs> We're gonna have to bring those wipes, those wet wipes next time. Uh, that's a that's a great that's a great little pro tip. Okay, I've I've got one. Uh, you know, we had a little hiatus before um, the new year, so I've kind of been thinking about this one a lot. Um, and normally the pro tips are going to be to politicians, but my pro tip this year, folks, is is to you, um, to our army of Canadian taxpayers. You know. I know, and and the pro tip is to stay optimistic. It's working. Stay in the fight, okay? And you know, I know it's. I know a lot of you send me emails back. You call. We 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 chat. And I know a lot of people are feeling like at times the government can be helplessly unaccountable or hopelessly unaccountable. Yeah. And I feel that way sometimes too, right? You see these stories of crazy government spending, taxes going through the roof, and sometimes you ask yourself, well, like, are they ever going to be held accountable? But even just think about what we've been talking about on this podcast, right? The fact that the CBC president was at committee being grilled by MPs from all sides about the bonuses, the taxpayer-funded bonuses. Folks, no Canadian would even know about the bonuses if it wasn't for the Canadian taxpayers filing that access to information request, if it wasn't for you supporting the CTF and allowing to do what we do. Right. So Canadians wouldn't have even known about the bonuses if it weren't for you. Think about the carbon tax, which we're also talking about today. They're they're plummeting in the polls over the carbon tax. Canadians are getting outraged over the carbon tax. You know, it wasn't that long ago, a couple years ago, where I was reading headlines in major newspapers saying the fight against the carbon tax is over. The carbon tax mm -hmm. is here to stay. Well, folks, does it feel like the carbon tax is here to stay? Sure doesn't. And that's because of your advocacy. That's because of your fight. Okay, so so my taxpayer pro tip goes to all of you out there, our, our, our CTF supporters that we, we truly, truly appreciate. And it's let's stay in the fight. I'm going to stay in the fight. Simmer's going to stay in the fight. The rest of the team at the Canadian Taxpayers Federation is going to stay in the fight. And we hope you will too. Very well said, sir. So folks, uh, to help us and help yourselves stay in the fight, uh, we have an amazing amount of resources on our website. I would strongly encourage you guys, if you're jazzed up by this idea of, yeah, you know, let's push back, let's fight back and get lower taxes and more accountable government, head over to our website, taxpayer.com. We have like, fun t-shirts there if that's your thing we have like i think we have bumper stickers you can still order um if you want to scrap the carbon tax or defund the cbc or stop giving government money to journalists like we have tons of petitions there and sign up and you'll start getting emails from us on those topics and it's really fun and you can get in the fight and it's really a part of fellowship and it's how we are helping you fight for taxpayers so head on over to the website and we'll catch you next time hey and I promise next episode, my light will begin working again. It cut out <laughs> on me halfway through. Isn't that something? Don't you worry, still we'll look fix really it up. good. You still oh, look thank really you. good. Got a haircut. We'll fix it up in the next episode, folks. Thanks for staying with us. Bye.